Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is just me, Julia, today. Aaron is out of town this week, so I am going to be kicking off a four-part series for us, actually. So um, this, as you can read the title of this episode, is a four-part series about falling back in love with your art. And this is something I feel deeply connected to at the moment because I felt really out of touch with my practice um, a couple months ago. Um, I reached the one-year mark of doing art full-time after quitting my day job, and I felt like I had lost some of that excitement, some of that uh, creative inspiration, and I've slowly but surely been trying to reconnect to it and figuring out ways to do so, and I've found four really key things that have helped me reconnect with to my practice, um, and I'm gonna be sharing them with you. But before I do that, I did wanna talk to you guys about something that I just launched um, that will be going live on September 9th, and that is my artist group. So it is the artist IRL group, the artist in real life group, formerly known as the artist accountability group. So I ran this group in the spring and it was such an incredible group of artists that was a very supportive community. And I decided to change the name because the group became about so much more than just getting the work done. It became about supporting one another through our real life struggles um, and being contemporary artists. Um, from the logistic side of things to more of the emotional side of things, because we all know that we can. Um, it's there's a lot. It's a roller coaster out here, guys. It is a. It is not always a uphill. It's sometimes it's very up, much uphill. Other times, you know, we're we're coasting and everything's great. But we want to be there for each other through those ups and those downs. Um, and we're going to be navigating navigating it together over the course of nine weeks. I'm going to lead you guys through a curriculum of different topics that will dive deeper into specifically based on the interests of the group. So I'll have general topics and we'll dive into very specific aspects of it as they relate to the artists present. And then we're going to have two awesome guest speakers who are going to share their experience in creative practice with us. And we'll learn, you know, how they've taken um, their art and made it into a career and how they've successfully created an audience for their work. So we'll be focusing, like I said, on very technical sides of our practice, um, you know, from shipping, from, uh, you know, creating a website, how to do like SEO and things like that, all the way to, you know, how do we develop um, a style that we feel connected to? And then how do we convey that to an audience and find an audience that we love? And so the, the guest speakers I've chosen, I feel like have really successfully done all of that. Um, and so they're going to be excellent examples for us to, you know, then get feedback back and talk to you about those things. Um, and so I'm just really excited for this group because uh, I feel like it's going to be very, very directed. Um, I'm going to have, a, a, it's going to be higher touch than it was last time. So I'll be checking in with each of you um, at the beginning of every week. Um, if you have goals that you want to accomplish this fall with your art, this is an excellent group to sign up for because we are definitely going to be helping each other through those goals. Um, and also, like I said, through the emotional side of things too. So if you're looking for an awesome creative community that's going to have your back um, and support you through the next nine weeks, this is it. 
And I truly couldn't love this group anymore. They are so amazing, um, so supportive. So I hope that if this sounds interesting to you, you'll consider signing up. It is $85 for nine weeks. So that's less than $10 for uh, a meeting. I think you probably pay more to go to a yoga class. So I definitely wanted to make it affordable for artists um, because I know that there are groups out there that are like thousands of dollars to sign up for. And I think those groups are awesome, but I knew that this this was something I wanted to have be more accessible um, to more artists. So I hope that you'll consider signing up. The link is in the uh, in our show notes. Um, and feel free to DM me at juliahagan underscore art if you have any further questions about the group. Um, okay, so moving on from that, I am really excited to talk to you guys about this first, uh, the first, I think, stepping stone in falling back in love with your art. You've probably heard things like, you have to fall in love with the journey, not just the destination, or, you know, life's a journey, you know, fall in love with the process, like things like you've heard that. And I get how cliche that sounds. Um, but I really do feel like falling back in love with the actual technical process of making your art is so critical. I think so often, myself included, will become i'll become so focused on the result and um, the output that i forget to focus on the input and then all the stuff in between the two that happens in order to create the final product of my work and i'm so focused on that final product that all the rest of it becomes ignored and all of that is in super critical to create a sustainable and exciting and interesting creative practice so that's what we're going to talk about and and before we talk about you know when you actually you know put your paintbrush on the canvas before you start actually playing your guitar before you start actually writing in your journal so imagine your younger self and what was it about the guitar that you know made you want to start playing it what was it about painting um, that made you want to start painting? What exactly got you there, right? Like got you over the edge? Like was it the um, finding a cool reference photo for your painting? Um, for me, I remember at a young age, as early as I could um, <laughs> go on to Google in the early days of the internet, I loved to Google search like beautiful landscape and find really cool reference photos to then go and paint. And I would make my mom print them for me and then I would go and downstairs and I would paint those pictures. Um, and I, which nowadays I feel weird about because like those, you know, they weren't my pictures and, and all that. But um, that was something I found really fun. I loved the scavenger hunt aspect to it, like searching for the best possible scene that I could then paint. Um, and this was before I had a camera, right? Like I didn't have a cell phone either back then that had a camera. I didn't. Um, the only thing my parents had was like you know this big fancy camera, and I didn't know how to work it. So this was the only this was the option I have. And now thankfully we live in a world where I have an amazing camera in my pocket at all times and I still find that looking through my camera roll um, or going for walks where my, my actual intention for the walk is to take photos that I might then paint is still a huge part of my practice but I think I forgot about that I think I became so focused on the end result of my painting that I forgot 
like what that initial spark was, like what got me excited. And uh, it's been interesting to do this. So, uh, and this has also required me to step back from painting for a bit and focus on taking photos. Um, another great example of this was I was speaking to um, a gallery director the other week and he was showing me some of the work that was hanging in a show they had and one of the artists in the show is actually a general contractor and he creates these really large and beautiful abstract paintings that uh, fit with the homes that he is currently building so he'll create space like that's his prompt he'll create spaces and homes and then based on that those spaces that he's creating he'll you know, imagine the perfect painting that will go in that space. So that's sort of his prompt, right? Versus my prompt is going and finding um, the best scenes that I can find that, um, you know, that it's the photography and the hunting for the perfect uh, photo that is what's fun for me. Another artist is uh, Andy J Pizza, who has the creative pep talk, a huge inspiration for me and for this show. Uh, he really loves dreams. And so for a while, he was using uh, prompts based on his dreams that he was having uh, to create characters and different illustrations. So whatever your jam is, whatever it is that, you know, if you can think back on a younger version of yourself that maybe you, you, you used to love um, characters and you used to love watching shows growing up um, and then drawing those characters and so for you it's about more of the story and the character um, that you're creating whatever it is um, i hope that you can take some time to think critically about that um, and then plan a creative date for yourself so for me it's been going on more walks um, i did this whole like practical scavenger hunt when I was in Northern Michigan. Um, it, it took a morning where I woke up really early and I woke, I went and took as many different photos as I could in different locations. Um, cause I love the lighting as well in the morning. So I knew, and it was great. And I'm still painting, uh, paintings based on that photo shoot I did. So, uh, planning a creative date like that, I think could be really fun for you and be a huge well of inspiration for, um, more work to come. So planning that date based on whatever sparks your work is my first suggestion, um, for how to fall back in love with the process. But then beyond that, of course, after, you know, you've got this, um, burst of inspiration, now comes time to actually get into the process of making. And for me, I have, you know, there's, I'm going to say another kind of cliche thing right now, but, um, you know, you have to set yourself up for success and, you know, the best you need to lay out like plans in order to have a successful and smooth, uh, road ahead of you. Right. So planning the start of my paintings has become a, a very big part of my practice and something that I've shifted my attention to. So um, I've been noticing that I was getting lost kind of midway through my paintings. And I think a lot of that came from just having a lack of uh, planning, a lack of direction when I would start a painting. So I've been looking at other artists that I follow and really admire and looking and seeing how they start their paintings and taking notes on from that and then doing some research online and in books of how um, the technical correct way of starting a painting. Of course, you there's so many different ways to skin the cat, like there's no actual 
perfect, correct way to start a painting. Um, but really getting into the technical side of it, trying things on for size, seeing what I like and kind of creating my own um, Frankenstein uh, process, if you will, like pulling from all these different examples I've seen to create the perfect way for me to start a painting has been critical. I am finding that my paintings are uh, just the whole process is way smoother. I'm loving and loving and enjoying the process of painting so much more because I have set myself up for success. So for you, maybe that means um, something else. Maybe that means you need to lay out the structure. I, I'm going to be saying things and you guys are, if you're a musician listening to this, you're like, oh, that's not how it works. Laying out the structure of a song first, like looking at like the bigger picture of how you want your song to be structured and then filling that in or, um, coming up with the general, like, plot right beforehand, like doing that whole process of planning before you start writing. Um, whatever it is, like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to mess it up, but whatever that initial uh, phase is for starting your project, get nerdy about it. Like do your research, um, figure out like an ex a way to make that exciting. I think I've been so quick to just skip over that part of the painting process that I've in a way made my life a lot harder because of it. Um, so see what you can do to make your your process more efficient um and smoother and and better quality too i feel like my paintings have just had way better quality because i've been so focused on creating a successful start to my paintings um, in addition to that i've also gotten really nerdy about my materials so when i was in college i took a materials and technique class which was amazing and so so insightful and thank god i saved a lot of my notes from that class um i i kind of knew there i had, I had the forethought forethought to know that i would want to return to these notes at some point and look through them and i unfortunately though i feel like at the time i was painting an oil I'm now an acrylic painter pretty much exclusively. I do watercolor as well, but at the time I was just painting in oil. I really wasn't doing watercolor or acrylic. So I feel like my eyes kind of glazed over during the acrylic segment, um, the that sort of, that part of our class. And I feel like I missed out on a lot of knowledge. So it's nice to go back and do some of this research. I've also been Googling a lot, um, looking at books, to try to learn more about acrylic paint. And as a side note, I feel like I feel like people don't give acrylic paint the attention and the seriousness that it deserves. I think we are I just as a painting community, um, people are far more focused on like the proper technique with oil painting and then people just like hand kids acrylics and are just like here, use this and they don't stop and talk about technique with acrylic painting like nearly as much like I feel like we oil is like the adult paint right and then like acrylic is like somehow a lesser than medium when in reality acrylic is really complicated there are so many different um mediums for acrylic paint like way more mediums I think than even with oil and there's a lot to learn there and I have started to become more serious about learning that side of things I feel like I'm not confident enough yet to like record a whole podcast episode about acrylic paint, but 
maybe one day. Um, so I'm going to continue that research. Um, but it's been fun to nerd out about this and getting to know my materials better has, um, just made me feel more confident too. It's made me feel like a more serious painter. Um, and of course, you know, you can't just like research your materials all day and then never paint. But I think doing a little bit of that every once in a while is important. Um, and will hopefully open, I feel like it's opened new doors for me. Um, I've currently been focusing a lot on glazing and I'm really loving like the results I'm seeing on the canvas. So like I said, take some time to do some research about your materials, um, figure out what's exciting about that for you. And then um, this is another aside that is very um, specific to painting. So I'm sorry if you're, if you're not a painter and your eyes are glazing over right now. But um, one thing I've been doing that I find really fascinating. So I have an iPad and I love the app Procreate. It's if you're familiar with, uh, you know, digital illustration at all, um, Procreate's a great as an app that you can use the Apple Pencil and draw in. Um, and what's also really great about it is similar to Photoshop, there's like an eyedropper like tool where if you hold down with your finger on a certain part of an image, it'll tell you what color that is on the color wheel. And so I've been uploading my reference photos to Procreate and then doing the little eyedropper thing on different parts of the painting where I'm where I'm painting. And it'll tell me like the color and like where on the color wheel it is. And um, what's been really, I feel like it's been calibrating my eye um, with the actual color I'm seeing. So I'll be looking at this image of like a landscape and there's like a green in there. And I'm like, oh, is that a, a cooler green or a warmer green? Like I can't tell. And then I'll use that eyedropper tool. I'm like, oh, it's a warmer green. And I'm becoming slowly but surely better at identifying color and then better able to mix my paints on my palette. So if you're not a realistic or a representational painter, maybe that this isn't exciting to you, but it's really gotten me excited about color too. So outside of just, um, you know, my paints themselves, I'm now becoming more interested in color theory and the idea of calibrating my eyes so that I can see color better and better identify what color I'm seeing. So in searching for you know, in, in trying to dive deeper into my materials, into my process, I'm finding new things to be excited about. Um, and I think that this is just going to be like an endless process of finding new things to become excited about within my process. And in slowing down, I think if there's one thing you're going to take from this episode, I hope that you hear me say this, that the thing that has made you know, me fall back in love again with the process is the simple act of slowing down and taking time maybe away from the easel to focus on that initial spark, taking time to dig deeper into the, the actual technical process of painting into my materials. You sometimes need to slow down and worry less about the result and focus more on the how in order to reinvigorate your love for your practice. 
so often in today's in today's world um we are so focused on like the next post the next painting that we're going to put out there that we don't take any time to think about that in between you know to get excited about the process if you think about it you know there used to be painters who would focus on one painting for an entire year right like there used to be artists who they would take an entire year to paint one masterpiece. I'm not saying you should do that, um, but I think they must have had something going on where they could have held on to that and been excited to return to the same painting every day. And let's tap into that. Like, let's tap into being excited about the next corner of our painting than only being excited about the final result because um, there's so much more there. And if we're so focused on the result too, it really sucks the fun out of painting because I guarantee probably nine times out of 10, you're gonna create something that isn't perfect. I mean, actually, you'll probably never create something that's perfect, right? No one's perfect, but nine times out of 10, you might create something that doesn't hit the mark completely. And if you despise those nine times out of 10 where you're not hitting the mark and you can find no joy in that process and you only find joy when you absolutely nail it, that sounds miserable. Imagine doing a job that 90% of it you hated. I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. So we have to find something else, right? Like there has to be more to connect to than just the final product. And I would argue that the most successful artists are the artists that can point to the corner of their studio and show you the 60 terrible paintings they created that can show you the broken mugs, can show you um, the you know, song lyrics that they've discarded in the wastebasket. Like there is going, there has to be a pile of crap for there to be a pile of good stuff. Like it's just how it works. And so if we can find a way to enjoy the pile of crap, as much as we enjoy the pile of successful things, we're going to be so much more fulfilled. And that's exactly what I want this four part series to be about. How do we fall in love with our practice again? You know, what, how do we rediscover the joy? And so next week we're going to be talking, you know, this week we talked all about the, the how, you know, we talked about falling in love with the process and the how we create. And next week we're going to be talking more about the subject matter and how you find a subject matter that lights you up and gets you excited again about creating. And I hope that this series, you know, you find helpful, but if you're needing more, if you're needing um, somebody to really who understands you and a group of artists who are going to be on this process of discovering what they love about their creative practice too. I highly, highly recommend signing up for my artist in real life group. It's a nine week program. Like I said, um, it's, we meet once a week for an hour. And I really think that if you take intentional time, like I discussed today to talk about the work you're making to talk about like what you're doing in the studio and what's working and what's not you're gonna have huge breakthroughs and i saw it happen last session i saw it even happen in myself and i just 
I couldn't recommend it enough. I think it's one thing, you know, to have other artists that you DM occasionally on Instagram or, you know, that one artist friend you might touch base with like once a month or so, but having a group that is going to connect with you every week, that we're going to have a common um, subject that we're going to be focusing on and, you know, just diving deeper into is going to enrich your practice so much. So highly recommend like I said, you can sign up in the show, the show notes. The link is there. If you have any further questions about the group, feel free to DM me at juliahagan underscore art. Happy to answer any of your questions. And once again, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this four-part series and that this episode was helpful today. And stay tuned for next week.